This is the last chapter on the section on environmental issues. It's kind of interesting the way he grouped these things in there. Uh, but uh, I will, at least at this point in time, I appreciate those who prayed for me as I was preparing for this because I was, as of about 9 o'clock last night, at 8 o'clock last night, I wasn't sure even where I was going with this. Um, I do want to kind of, I'm going to go back, I plan to kind of go back and do kind of a review from a little bit different angle on the some, some of the things we've covered in this chapter uh, or in this section. Uh, so I will do the same here with aliens. Uh, we might spend a little bit more time on that because it's become something maybe you already know or maybe you don't, but it's it's become more and more in the mainstream media. And uh, we need to answer some questions. I'm sure you might have some questions. So feel free to ask questions as I go along here, but don't feel put off if I tell you I'll get to that in another lesson. Um, so anyways, the, the, the balancing act I'm struggling with at times is covering things that are covered in the media so forth and, and explaining why maybe they're not true and focusing on Scripture. That's what I really want to do is focus on Scripture, but to, there's some sense where I feel we need to be aware of things as well. So that's my struggle. Uh, but let's get into this here. Um, so are aliens the answer is the way he describes this. Uh, titles this chapter, and I guess we could say the answer of what, and we'll, we'll get there in a minute here, I think. But number Roman number one, um, secular, and much of religious. Your blank there is religious uh, society of our day believe intelligent aliens exist. I wanted to um, actually kind of, I should have it here. Refer to an article. Um, yeah, and he, he used as a, the, the author of the book that we're going, you know, that this is based on, referenced a, a, an article from, um, hmm, well, I guess it's a Reuters article here, uh, back in 2015, so it's eight years old at this point. Uh, but it said, more than half of Americans think aliens exist, according to a new poll. Um, it says, are we alone in the universe? Most Americans, Brits, and Germans think that we are not. In fact, a new poll shows that slightly more than half of respondents from each country think that intelligent alien life exists. The poll um, found Germans are most likely at 56%, followed by Americans and British at 54% and 52% respectively. Um, those who believe greatly outnumber believe in aliens, not believe as we think of believing, uh, uh, greatly outnumber the people who definitely um, do not. At most, just under one-third of people in Germany assert that there is no intelligent life outside Earth, while only around one-quarter of respondents on, uh, in other countries said the same. Uh, one-fifth of Americans and Britons, uh, British said they didn't know one way or the other. Um, let's see here. Uh, the surveyors, I'm just re reading a couple excerpts here. They said men, American men, 65% were significantly more likely than women to believe this, 46% for women um, in extraterrestrial life. Um, 
Of those over 65, uh, those over 65 are less likely to believe than those who are younger. So some of us are right close in that range here, less likely or more likely. Uh, people ranging, ranging from 30 to 44 are most likely to believe. It's 60% and so forth. Um, the surveyors asked Americans who said smart aliens don't exist to explain why. Nearly two-thirds responded that it's because humans are created by a god or another higher being. And 31% chose the response that the earth is unique. It is the only place capable of sustaining intelligent life. Um, so those are, those are just some things from that poll. So again, over half Americans believe intelligent um, aliens exist. Okay, now I've got to find my handout again. Okay, and this belief, letter A, this belief is greatly due uh, to the dogmatic assertion of many scientists that aliens must exist. That's your blank there, that they must exist. So why? Why are they so passionately convinced of aliens? Well, for many reasons, uh, or several reasons, but one of them is, and one of the main ones maybe, is one reason for this assertion is due to the complexity of life, the complexity of life. Oh, and I did not bring, well, again, maybe I'll do that in a follow-up, unless I happen to have it handy here. No, I don't. Okay, but let's just say life ex is extremely complex, right? You, you take the simplest life, life form, a single-celled thing floating out there in the water, and it is extremely complex. Um, so, and scientists who look into it, biologists, microbiologists who look into this at all, realize that. They say, wow, life is really complex. So, that's one of the reasons. So, letter A under that, I don't think there's a blank in that one, says many evolutionists argue that a few billion years isn't enough time for life to have been to have evolved. It's so complex that you throw even a few billion years at it, it's like, well, now that's not long enough. So... Let's look at this. Letter B. The thinking is that life started evolving somewhere else in the older universe and was later seeded. Your blank there is seeded. S-E-E-D, like seed, E-D, seeded. The idea of planted, if you will, on earth by aliens. And maybe aliens even created life. All right. How many of you have heard of Richard Dawkins? Okay, many of you have. Okay, um, I'm not going to read the whole thing, but uh, how many of you watched the, the video um, came out back 2008, I think, uh, Expelled, No Intelligence Allowed? Okay, a, a gentleman by the uh, name of Ben Stein, he, he was the, what do you call it, host of that, whatever. He was interviewed people and so forth. And in that uh, movie, he interviewed Richard Dawkins. I am going to read it. I'm going to. It's not that long, but so that we don't miss the exciting details. Um, here we go. Okay. So in this interview, Ben Stein asked Richard Dawkins this. He said, what do you think is the possibility 
that intelligent design might turn out to be the answer to some issues in genetics or in evolution. I'm not sure the purpose of his question, but I think what he was getting at probably is, again, many people see this complexity, and even secular, the secular scientific world is becoming more and more beginning to think that there is intelligent design of some sort. It's obvious. Um, just like you look at a building and you say, well, some intelligent being, semi-intelligent, must have built that. Okay, it, it just makes sense. So again, a single cell is far more complex than that barn I'm looking at over there. But so, so anyway, may, I think that's where he was getting at. What do you think about maybe that an intelligent designer had something to do with it? Here was Richard Dawkins' answer. Bear with me. Hold on tight. Well, it could come about in the following way. It could be that it, at some earlier time, somewhere in the universe, a civilization evolved by probably some kind of Darwinian means, of course, to very, very high level of technology and designed a form of life that they seeded onto perhaps this planet. Now that is a possibility and an intriguing possibility. I suppose, and I suppose it's possible that you might find evidence for that if you look at the details of our chemistry, molecular biology, you might find elsewhere in the universe. Wait a minute, nope, you might find a signature of some sort of designer, and that designer could well be a higher intelligence from elsewhere in the universe. Okay, um, um, let's see. Well, that, 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 that's good enough. So he says there, you might find a signature of some sort of designer, and that designer could well be a higher intelligence from elsewhere in the universe. He's not willing to admit that that higher intelligence might be God, the creator of the universe, but alien beings from an older part of the universe that then seeded it on the earth. Um, okay, so number one under B, you have, a, okay, A1, B1. Uh, such thinking demonstrates mankind's suppression of the truth. This is bad. I don't think Okay, so turn, if you would, to Romans chapter 1. How many of you have memorized this by now? One of the go-to spots for so many of these issues we've been talking about, Romans chapter 1. We shouldn't, be, we shouldn't apologize for that. It's scripture, it is true, and it's powerful. But we see what humanity does um, so Romans chapter 1, verse 18, is I think the verse I have. Yeah, I have 18 to 23, so I'll just go ahead and read that. It says, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness, because that what may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has shown it to them. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, 
even his eternal power in Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Going on, because although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God, nor were thankful, but became futile in their thoughts, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Professing to be wise, they became fools and changed the glory of the incorruptible God into an image made like corruptible man and birds and four-footed animals and creeping things and aliens. We could add aliens to that list. It's that kind of thing. Okay, so again, men suppress the truth. And, you know, again, uh, verse 21, professing to be wise, they became fools. Richard Dawkins sits there and talks like a really wise person. But if you listen to what I read, it's very foolish. The secular world might not think so, but when we think God have God's word to to compare it to, we realize that it is so foolish. Okay, uh, now, still along the secular ends, um, aliens seem obvious to evolutionists because life isn't a special creation to them. Um, so letter B down there, the faulty reasoning is if life randomly, that's your blank, if life randomly, accidentally happened on Earth, Surely in this vast universe, it happened somewhere else. It just brings back memories as I just read that. I said that, you know, before I was saved, you know, when I was back in the 80s, early 80s, 70s, growing up in high school and so forth, uh, I believed that. I mean, wow, you know, the universe is so huge, there's got to be other solar systems like ours and an Earth, a planet that can sustain life. And I remember writing reports in grade school about you know, space travel, and I was really into that. So I believed it before, and it made sense to me that if life just happened by accident, like the evolution, like I'm taught in school through evolution, then why not somewhere else? Certainly made sense to me. Um, okay, so again... This reflects a secular notion that the earth isn't special. And yet, despite all the hype, effort, resources, and money spent, no alien life or signal has been found. There's a, there's a program called SETI, S-E-T-I, Search for Extraterrestrial Intelligence. You know, they've got all these sending things out and trying to receive signals, and not, there's nothing there. There's been nothing received. That makes any sense. No intelligent communications. Um, but still, secular faith won't die. you got to give them credit to some extent. Their faith is greater than ours and that they won't waver. Okay, But why? Why won't it die? Well, along with believing that extraterrestrials, alien life, would provide powerful proof of evolution... Aliens are often presented as beings who will unravel the universe's mysteries, unveil life's meaning, cure our diseases, fix the world's problems, and usher in utopia. And then the, the author says, does that sound familiar? So let her see there, aliens are a God replacement that have great appeal. How is that? They provide all the divine benefits, in quote-unquote, without accountability 
and judgment. It's like, so that, that's kind of where the, I think the theme of his chapter here, are aliens the answer? The, the secularists, some of them anyways, a, a great number of them believe the aliens are the answer. They're going to solve everything. Whenever they finally come, whenever we finally admit that they're here, uh, whatever the case might be. And again, we'll maybe get into some of that later on. Not today, but in another lesson. Um, all right. Uh, any Before we get into the scripture stuff, which I'm sure, uh, any other thoughts or comments? Yes. Okay. okay. All right. So, yep, mentioned about the demonic. I, uh, maybe these uh, aliens are, there's a demonic power behind them, or they are demons or whatever. Um, yeah, that's that's a, again, that's something we're not going to get into in this page, in this lesson, but we will, I, I do want to touch on that. Um, but yeah, there, I, I think definitely there is demonic um, activity going on. Because there definitely are a lot of people, well-meaning people, honest people, who have had experiences. But we need to dig into that a little bit. And a lot of people have, and I'm thankful for that. So we'll hopefully go back and cover some of that. It's amazing in a way that, that we've, in our modern society, they were more intelligent back then than, than yeah. we are today. Yet, so it's amazing to me that we've still come up with the technologies we have. <laughs> yes, but the idea of looking for more, and that—that's where it kind of—they're a god replacement. You know, that's uh, these aliens. Like you said, there's there's got to be something more, a bigger picture, something we're missing that's not fulfilling us here. And aliens are one of many different ways. Uh, that people try and do that, or the idea of aliens. Okay, um, yep, yep, right. Any kind of, you, people don't think of it that way often in terms of aliens and spirituality, but there is a spiritual aspect of it in a sense of saying something greater than us that's out there that will help us, that has the answers, that we're limited. It is, and it's a belief that requires faith, yep. Okay, let's let's go at least a little bit into number two here. The idea of aliens is your blank there. You should know how to spell that because it's up there elsewhere. The idea of aliens does not fit with the Bible and the gospel, which teach the following things. Let's turn to the book of Isaiah. We've, we've seen this before. That's another uh, part of scripture we've gone to several times. Isaiah chapter 45. Yeah, verse, verse 18. Now, what, what do I have in your notes? I just have 18 there, verse 18. But we're also going to look at, we'll go up to verse 21 and read through 22 too. So, okay, so verse 18 says, For thus says the Lord, and if, if you remember me reading this, I have recently a couple times. For thus says the Lord who created the heavens, who is God, who formed the earth and made it, who has established it, who did not create it in vain, who formed it to be inhabited. I am the Lord, and there is no other. Then go to verse 21. Uh, Tell and bring forth your case. Yes, let them take counsel together. Who has declared this from ancient time? Who has told it from that time? Have not I the Lord, and there is no other God beside me, a just God and a Savior? 
There is none besides me. Look to me and be saved, all you ends of the earth, for I am God and there is no other. Um, I wanted to include verse 22. That doesn't talk about it being inhabited per se, but it says, look to me and be saved, all you ends of the earth. Basically, it's talking about the earth, all the extent of the earth, all the way around the globe. Those of you there on earth be saved. But it doesn't talk about being saved beyond that. Keep that in mind. We might not get to that till next week, but, uh, but, but I think that's significant. So you can jot down verse 22 in, in your notes there too. All right, let's keep that in mind as we go back to Genesis. Pardon? The blank. Yes, inhabited. The earth is uniquely created by God to be inhabited. Thanks, Denny. Okay, so, in that number, letter B then, throughout creation week, God made various living things and described how they are to live on the earth. Again, there's your blank, on the earth. Genesis chapter 1. And uh, it's been a while since we've done this, but and this might kind of end our class because it'll take a little time, but I'm going to just read some of the highlights from verse 1 through 13, and then I want us to read as a class uh, through verse 28. Um, uh, okay, so I'm going to, again, I'm just going to follow with me as I hit some highlights in the first few days of creation. Uh, obviously, verse 1, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. Uh, verse In verse 4, and God divided the light from the darkness. Uh, the evening and morning were the first day, so light and darkness. Verse 7, uh, thus God made the firmament, divided the waters which were under the firmament from the waters which were above the firmament. Uh, there was a second day. Then the waters under the heaven, uh, verse 12, and the earth brought forth grass, the herb that yields seed according to its kind. Uh, and so it was good. So the evening and morning were the third day. And now if you could start reading on verse 14, and we'll read through 28. And God said, Let there be lights in the firmament of the heaven to divide the day from the night, and let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and years. And let them be for lights in the firmament of the heaven to give light upon the earth. And it was so. And God made two great lights, the great light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night. He made the stars also, and God set them in the firmament of the heaven to give light upon the earth, and to rule over the day and over the night, and to divide the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good. And the evening and the morning were the fourth day. And God said, Let the waters bring forth abundantly the moving creature that hath life and fowl that may fly above the earth in the open firmament, of heaven, and God created great whales and every living creature that moveth, which the waters brought forth abundantly after their kind, and every winged fowl after his kind, and God saw that it was good. And God blessed them, saying, Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the waters in the seas, and let fowl multiply in the earth. And the evening and the morning were the fifth day. And God said, Let the earth bring forth the living creature after his kind, cattle and creeping things, and 
beast of the earth after his kind, and it was so. And God made the beast of earth after his kind, and cattle after their kind, and everything that creepeth upon the earth after his kind. And God saw that it was good. And God said, Let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the earth, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him, male and female created he them. And God blessed them, and God said unto them, Be fruitful, and multiply, and replenish the earth, and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the earth, and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. So, letter one, or number one under B there, God made man his image bearer, um, in crowning glory, by the way, I don't know if that's in your notes or not, uh, to live on the earth and have dominion over it. So, and again, um, something, there you go, okay. So, he had, verse 26 to 28 talks about that twice. Um, have dominion over the fish of the sea, the, over the birds of the air, the cattle, over all the earth, every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. And it says it again. Have dominion, verse 28, have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over every living thing that moves on the earth. So man, humanity, was given dominion over the earth and all that dwells on it. Keep that in mind. That's an important thing for us, to, and hopefully I'll remember as we continue in this to bring it up again, but mankind was given dominion over the earth. Not aliens, okay? Uh, mankind. Then look at number two. Well, well, yeah, uh, let's go back then and uh, verse 14. Uh, we'll read 14 to 18. Your, your bullet there says that God made the sun, moon, and stars to provide service to the earth. I hope this makes sense to you. This is something as I was going through this that, I, that just makes sense as, as you look at it. What, why did he create the sun, the moon, and the stars. Verse 14, Then God said, Let there be lights in the firmament of the heavens to divide the day from the night, and let them be for signs and seasons for days and years, and let them be for lights in the firmament of the heavens to give light on earth. And it was so. So he said to it, and then he said, Then God made two great lights, the greater light to rule the day, the lesser light to rule the night. That's the sun and the moon. We know that the sun, the moon does not is not a generator of light, but it does give light because the sun, it, you know, the sun's light reflects off of it. It definitely gives light when it's a moonlit night. There is light there in the dark. Um, then, and he made the stars also. Then verse 17, God set them, which I think includes the sun, the moon, and the stars, set them in the firmament of the heavens to give light on the earth and to rule over the day and over the night and to divide, divide the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good. That's why God made all these things. To service the earth. That's the biblical perspective. You can easily kind of read over that and miss that, but that's why he created these things. 
and also to, um, I don't have the passage in your notes, and I don't have it right offhand, but where it talks about, you know, the heavens declare the glory of God. It's also for us to see it and to praise him, to be in awe of him and his greatness. So that's part of the reason, because we'll get into this a little bit more, but that's part of the reason why he created this grand universe, is so we can praise him. We can see how awesome he is. Any other burning comments or questions? I think I'm going to stop at that point, and we'll continue. And again, uh, I am not sure at this moment how deep we're going to get into this, but I do. I don't want us to just skip over it and jump off because it's. I think it's pretty important for us to spend a little time on. So, uh, let us close in a word of prayer. Dear Father in heaven, again we thank you for your word that that reveals the. The truth to us. Uh, we can look all over the place. Dare we watch the news or listen to the radio or whatever and believe much of anything of it is true. It's so hard to know anymore. But your word is true. And we can take solace in that. And uh, Lord, we pray that as we continue uh, in this uh, lesson about aliens and so forth and the biblical response to that or the truth of your word that helps open up the, the, help us understand the truth about it. We pray that you give us insight and to uh, discern it. And again, to be able to share this with others, that they would um, see the biblical truth, the actual reality, and not falsehoods all over the place, Lord. We ask that you be with us now as we head into the service to come, that you would uh, uh, help us to honor you with our worship, that everything that we do as we sing hymns, as we hear your word, and as Pastor Matt, we pray that you be with him as he brings your word, that uh, we would be careful to attend to it and uh, in our giving and our singing, that all would be done for your honor and glory. Help us, Lord, to do that by your spirit. We ask in Jesus' name, amen.